0: so be educated. You know, yes, read, but don't overread. Mm-hmm. You know, because it makes you crazy. Um converse with your doctors. Um take a class. It doesn't have to be our class. Just inform, be informed about what is pregnancy, what what you can expect, what is childbirth, you know? Um and what, what, what are you looking for? What do you, what do you expect to get out of it? Outside of, of course, beautiful baby. Healthy baby, healthy mom again.
1: So I, I do believe it's important to write down the questions as they come to you, and not from a point of view of everything I've read, oh, I'm gonna ask my doctor that question, or I'm going, you, if you're reading something and it resonates with you and you're concerned, how does this affect me? then you need to write that down Mm -hmm. and uh, ask the doctor. And uh, it's important, especially if it's with regard to your care in a labouring setting. In other words, what do they believe about birth, um, like a birth plan, or is my birth plan unrealistic, or how do you, you know, you find out a lot about how your doctor will practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important for you to be very secure in how you're done.
2: Often, people go through life changing experiences without any guidance. But what if you had the tools available to help you in your journey? I welcome you to the Misguided Notions podcast. Our mission is to create a space where we discuss thought-provoking topics with people that go through real-life experiences. My goal is to inspire, empower, and help build awareness to a number of issues that our society doesn't really talk about. So listen in, engage in conversation, and if you'd like, share your story. Welcome to the Misguided Notions Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You are listening to part two of the maternal health and wellness episode. I had the opportunity to interview two lovely women who are seasoned nurses who co-founded this organization called Fledgling Families make sure that you have tuned into the first part of this episode which is listed as episode number 12 so this one will be listed as number 13 as the part 2 in this portion of the interview we go into women that have history of mental illness and being expectant moms you can imagine that someone who suffers with history of anxiety depression or bipolar Or schizophrenia. I mean, there's so many different mental illnesses out there. And adding pregnancy to that, just having that dynamic thrown in could be so overwhelming for the expectant mom. So I had questions about that. And I was actually inspired to dig deep into that a little bit more because I had the opportunity to go to a conference recently where we had discussed many of the different aspects of the stresses of pregnancy, but for someone who is struggling with mental illness and how that plays into pregnancy and ultimately the wellness of the baby and just that we need to, as a society, bring more attention to this issue. Both Antoinette and Helen gave some really good suggestions as far as how we could support an expectant mom who may be struggling with her mental illness and having a hard time with the pregnancy. And just the focus of how having the collaborative effort on the part of the medical team, the entire medical team, with the mom, with their partners, and other family members that are involved. And when we talk about this idea of the medical team, this includes the woman's psychiatrist therapist nurses general practitioner or general physician obgyn like this is the entire medical team and just having that conversation with all of them about some of the concerns it's so important we also discuss alternative approaches when working with expectant moms that suffer with mental illness, such as relaxation techniques and things of that nature. And you ever go to the doctor and feel rushed? Like they call you in, it's your turn. They take your weight, your blood pressure, you know, you sit down with the PA. And next thing you know, the doctor's there. And then you may have had all these questions and concerns that you wanted to address. But then you forget because before you know it, The doctors in front of you and all the questions that you had, you just didn't have time to go through them. So, Antoinette and Helen offered some really great tips on how to talk to your providers because it's very important. Apparently, when I launched part one of the maternal health and wellness episode, It was ironically the first day of Black Maternal Health Week. And just so you know, April is Minority Health Month. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before in the previous episode, but it is. So I am glad to know that we are having these conversations around this time. We should always have these conversations, regardless of if it's April or not, because we as a society need to understand that it's so important that we take care of ourselves, that we address our medical needs. And while, yes, it's a scary thing to go to the doctor and get checked out, it's so important. I mean, even me, myself, I found that the past several years I've honestly been neglecting myself and I, I just, I, I was like, no, this is not okay. Like, it's like the same, the same goes practice what you preach? Yeah, I need to practice what I preach. So I made all my appointments and got all my medical situations that I needed to take care of done. And so I'm very happy about that. So please note that April is Minority Health Month. But really, and truthfully, you need to take care of yourself every month, all the time. Please put yourself first. As much as we take care of others, you have to put yourself as a priority, and I constantly remind myself of this every day. No, it is not selfish, no, it is not a bad thing to do. But think of it this way if you don't take care of yourself, who's gonna take care of you or your loved ones? Like, you really really and truthfully need to take care of yourself and prioritize your health. I say that all the time and I'm going to keep on saying it. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and we're just going to jump right in. And here is Antoinette Grant and Helen O'Keefe from Fledgling Families. Recently, I actually went to a conference, which um, they highlighted many of the issues that expectant moms face, particularly those that have mental illness. So these they may have they may have schizophrenia that they've had, bipolar, long history of depression, things like that. And there was this component that I don't think even I, as a clinician, really thought of until going to this conference and conversations with other people that it's not really something that we really talk about, but mm-hmm. really for someone that has already a history of mental illness and having a, a pregnancy on top of that, I can't even imagine what that person must be going through. But mm-hmm. how can we as a society, again, focus our attention on helping people with those and giving them that additional support? Because really they, they need it, I, I would think.
0: It's, I think it's um it's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because you definitely, if that person does have men, a mental illness component, then her um, psychiatrist or psychologist, as well as her OB, they really should be collaborating with along with each other and the patient mm-hmm. to find the best regimen for her, for safety, for her, for the baby, to continue along with that pregnancy so that she can hopefully remain nice and stable Mm -hmm. and of course sometimes it's that includes you know tweaking the medications monitoring her levels her blood levels um to make sure that the medication is um keeping her stabilized so it really i think it as i say it takes a village but you know for her that's part of her village right them working together her um recognizing okay if she feels like she's a little bit imbalanced because maybe she's having hormonal surges you know same thing with her partner or family members whoever is part of her inner circle Mm -hmm. to also recognize because maybe she's not you know Mm -hmm. if she's schizophrenic or if she's um bipolar you know whether she could be having um a manic episode Mm -hmm. you know Um, there are times that uh, i have actually had an incident from time to time where you can have somebody admitted anti in, in an antipartum state. So that means that they are um, still pregnant and, um, in a pre not, they're not in preterm, but due to their condition, they need to be admitted, mm. um, because maybe they are, you know, having a little bit of a psychological issue and, um, they have them admitted in-house just for a psychological monitoring. Right. So, you know, they're trying to get their medications stabilized to get her in a better place. Um, for safety wise, you know, yeah. so psych, psych is monitoring her. We, as the OB nurses have to monitor her, um, due to, um, the baby's levels, um, because of the medications. So, you know, sometimes they need to be admitted. Mm-hmm. And so they may have them admitted in a psych service, mm-hmm. you know, just to make sure she doesn't hurt herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way she doesn't hurt the baby, right. you know, so, um, it's, it is a lot, you know, so, um, but it's definitely a true collaboration mm-hmm. with different parts of the medical service okay.
1: to make sure that she has a safe
0: delivery.
1: Sure. So I really believe this is not the woman who decides to get pregnant on a whim Mm-hmm. Like sometimes hmm. happens, most mm-hmm. often happens. <laughs> uh, this is the person who truly needs preconceptual care at its best. Because uh, well, most people who are uh, stable on medications have uh, a reliance on these medications because they remember when they weren't feeling as stable and how their life was turned upside down and they don't want to go back to that. Mm. Having said that, they're also juggling the fact that there's a teratogenic effect with a lot of um, medications. And just to say what that is, is that a lot of medications can cause issues uh, with either the heart, or cleft lip, or palate, etc., with regard to, to medications used in psychiatry. Um, so you have a mum who's knows that she wants to have a baby and then she knows that, number one, she and her partner have to decide, you know, they have to be on the same page because this is the person who's with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at home for a a 52-week pregnancy potentially. And, And so you have to decide whether... You have to broach the subject with the practitioners who've been looking after you. Pretty much what Tony was saying. Mm -hmm. And number one, some people say, no, 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 there's no way we can take you off medication. You're too unstable. But nobody knows how fine-tuned medication can be. And if anybody ever tells you that if we can come down to this amount, it's absolutely safe. That's just really not true. Having said that, if people come off medication then their anxiety levels can increase to the state where their adrenaline is pumping through their body, they're not able to sleep, uh, they're constantly in that fight-or-flight effect. And very often, they will have premature babies, and sometimes exceedingly premature babies. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, because of their angst, perhaps these babies are not in the... they're not in the they can be, um, have behavioral issues and they can be unhappy little babies as well, requiring far more help, because almost because of all that uh, chemicals that were from within the mom's mm-hmm. body, um, affecting them in utero. So mm-hmm. you have to find what's the right medication. Mm-hmm. And then I think the balance with uh, acupuncture, Um, yoga, exercise, uh, breathing techniques that can be helpful with regard to release, self-releasing. You can't have a woman having a panic attack every uh, every two hours. That is an awfully long pregnancy. Mm. But people do want to have children, and the time as it moves forward they get more concerned about mm-hmm. not having children. But I do believe the number one um, is that you're going to have a number of people. And, and the actual cost of having therapeutic visits or therapist visits mm-hmm. twice a week for 52 weeks, you know, this is putting that will put a huge, apart from the health burden, it's going to put a huge financial burden mm-hmm. on a couple also. And so... Who has to be on board from the very word go is, is that partnership. That relationship has to be solid. And they have to know, number one, what's realistic maternal health. And you want your baby to be healthy too. Um, but you have to know beforehand. And that can't happen overnight. That has to happen over a, a long time. And you have a GP, and you have your you have your therapist. Mm-hmm. You have a psychiatrist mm-hmm. who is has to be willing to listen and take the time and reduce and titrate medications accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, and uh, please God, with all that support and extra family support mm-hmm. when the woman goes home and bringing those medications mm-hmm. back up, you can reduce the risks of further uh, segue into postpartum depression, right, sure. severe anxiety, mm-hmm. and possible psychosis, sure. because these people are, mm-hmm. these people because they already have a mental health issue, are at a greater statistical uh, rate of, of having postpartum delivery issues as well.
2: Sure, yeah. sure. And now speaking of GPs, i.e. general positions, practitioners, practitioners. <laughs> <laughs> how does one know you guys, obviously, I feel like anyone that's going to feel comfortable talking to you. <laughs> but now a doctor, not that you guys aren't on the same caliber as a doctor. Of course you are. But with doctor's office, like we were kind of saying earlier, there's that 15 minute, mm-hmm. maybe 30 minute if it's your first appointment, what have you. But there's always this rush mm-hmm. that happens. So how does one, an expectant, expectant parents really ha- have that comfort level to say, okay, these are the questions that I have for the physician or like to, or feel even comfortable expressing themselves. Anyone can answer. Okay. (laughs) I'm not biased.
1: All right. Um, So we also have family practitioners uh, that rotate through our obstetric floor. And uh, and this is an art form that's being lost in this country from a point of view of specialization. Um who has all the records? Do I go to see an endocrinologist? Do I go to see a psychiatrist? Do I go to see this person and that person? And they all have their own individual charts in the different areas, but who's got all the information other than the client or the patient? Um, However, it is really important that people have time to spend and uh, in this day of managed care, there's definitely the time constraints, as you mentioned. So I think we definitely advise people. Um, nurses wear mar- many hats. Uh, we this can be so electricians. True. We can be changing bulbs. <laughs> we're dietitians. on the computer's, we're dietitians, <laughs> social workers. <laughs> um, we know when to refer to the social worker. But, thank you. Thank but you. We're totally willing to be the person who sits down because we are spending more time in and around people and our observation skills should have honed by years of experience and know when somebody is hiding something or and the open question Giving open questions to allow people to express themselves, and when they do, then um, delving a little bit deeper and saying, This I, I, I can understand that you're, or I hear by what you're saying, that this is a great concern to you. Now, I can give you some answers, but my advice to you is when something is truly concerning you, is that you write it down. And uh, and the questions that are of most concern, they keep coming forward. But when you get to the doctor's office, it's I'm getting undressed. I'm having my blood pressure done. I'm having my weight taken. They're talking about my weight, and I shouldn't be gaining weight. They're talking about my diet, etc. And suddenly I'm out that door, and I realize I didn't ask that question. And now I may have a second question the next time. So I, I do believe it's important to write down the questions as they come to you. And not from a point of view of everything I've read. Oh, I'm going to ask my doctor that question. or I'm going, You, If you're reading something and it resonates with you and you're concerned, how does this affect me? Then you need to write that down mm-hmm. and uh, ask the doctor. And uh, it's important, especially if it's with regard to your care. <laughs> in a laboring setting, in other words, what do they believe about birth, um, like a birth plan, or is my birth plan unrealistic, or how do you, you know, you find out a lot about how your doctor will practice. Mm. Um, And it's important for you to be very secure in how your doctor practices. So I think it's important to write your question down and then ask the question at a time when that initial exam is is not done because your doctor should, their parting question or even close to parting question should be, are there, is there anything on your mind? Is there anything concerning you? Can I, um, and obviously, if you have any questions, please let me know. Don't be afraid to say, but don't come out with a list of 10 questions <laughs> right. because really 10 questions really aren't, Necessarily mm. going to be the ten most important things to mm. answer at that time. Right. You yeah. have an, a, You have a period of time to uh, get through. And if you're on a labor room setting where you have a nurse that's looking after you and a doctor looking after you and you have concerns, you're more likely to voice them to the nurse looking yeah. after you because they're with you all the time. And then your your nurse becomes liaise, liaises with the practitioner looking sure. after you who's truly responsible for your care. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not making the, the decisions with regard to your care, but we are ref- referring to or letting the doctor know of your of your concerns right addressing all yeah. that that's great and I think that's the way I look at it yeah internet <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I would say yes ditto um, but
0: also just trying to as best as you can which is somewhat difficult um, trying to get to know your doctors you know there are a lot of you know the age of internet um, I think people do a lot of Googling and blogging. Oh, I know friends that do. They, I think, you know, people (sighs) always have to remember, Mm -hmm. you are always, what they say, on stage. Mm. You know, and your behaviors are always um, being judged and critiqued. And people put them on review, Mm. you know. And uh, I think you can extract some of that information and then you can make an informed decision for yourself. Mm. Um, But I also think, you know, what we... What I also try and say when we're in class, you know, write down certain things. Like if there there are questions that you may have, you know, speak with your doctor. You know, have conversation. Don't just, you know, ask us because we're not the ones that are going to be delivering you. We're not seeing you on a regular basis. But you need to have conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you do that, that you are then definitely establishing a good rapport Mm -hmm. with your healthcare practitioner. And once again, you know, um, if there are certain things that you have in mind about your care, your your birth, um, or your plan for your birth, um, you should be developing that rapport that conversation so that you're not springing it on them at the end, um, but rather having this discussion formally now so that everybody knows how everyone feels. Mm-hmm. So that way we feel comfortable with each other and what our decisions and if there is something that maybe our physician is not in agreement with, then we can discuss it, mm-hmm. you know, so that way we all know um, what our thought processes are on mm-hmm. something and why that maybe why my doctor doesn't think that that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And that you are not disappointed if they don't do
1: certain things. Right.
0: But you also, once again, know as, as a patient, you have the right to certain things. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I think that's where I stand.
1: It's building that level of trust and and knowing that they're there to provide you with a a safe, healthy delivery. Right. Thanks God. Sure, sure, sure. That's the goal.
2: Yeah. And so I'd like to wrap it up, but I'm going to ask the final question that I ask all of my guests. Feel free to answer independently, co-jointly, whatever you guys want. (laughs) Um, But what are some misguided notions that you feel people have with regard to the aspect of pregnancy as a whole and childbirth? Um, That
0: for me, when I read that, the first thing I thought about was childbirth is easy. Mm. Um, You know, everyone thinks, Oh my goodness, it's, you know, Oh, this is going to be so easy. You know? Um, And I think people don't understand um, childbirth, whether you're our biggest population, the, the, That is affected um, when we have our youngest population, which is our teen moms, Um, when you think about how it is glorified when we look at TV Mm -hmm. and um, our reality shows, and hence, teen mom, Um, or when we think of our um, what we call our advanced maternal age population, (laughs) so our mothers who are in the business world, no matter what your profession is, but we've waited to We're, you know, 30, 35 and older because we wanted to establish our careers first to make sure we had security and stability before we started our, our families. Um, those, that population is also at risk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from one extreme to the other, but, um, you know, it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is, you know, I'm like, I'm not just gonna come into the hospital and my water broke and yeah, I'm going to have a baby in a little bit, you know, or Hey, you know, they come in and they say, okay, um, I'm, my water broke, I'm, I'm going to have a baby in like 30 minutes. And I'm like, no, it's a lot longer than that. And they say, well, you know, when I watch it on TLC, and I'm like, <laughs> you do realize that's a 30 minute edited program, right? right? But so, you know, people have to realize that childbirth um, is serious, or it can be mm-hmm. as much as it is one of the most natural and the, the, the biggest outside of. You know, maybe someone getting married, the, I think, even bigger than that. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it is an amazing, it's miraculous, you know, to, to see joyous. the birth joyous, right? To see the birth of a child, mm. right? But, you know, unfortunately, there are sometimes some downsides to it. But um, I want people to understand that, you know, it can be very serious, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. Mm-hmm. And so be educated, you know. Yes, read, but don't overread, mm-hmm. you know, because it makes you crazy. Um converse with your doctors. Um take a class. It doesn't have to be our class. Just inform be informed about what is pregnancy, what what you can expect, what is childbirth, you know, um and what 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 are you looking for? What do, you, what do you expect to get out of it outside of, of course, a beautiful baby? Healthy baby, healthy mom at the end of the day is what we'd like to say. And also know that not every delivery ends up as a vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. You can't negotiate, okay, you know, just give me a little bit more time so I can have a vaginal. Sometimes that
2: vaginal delivery will never come. You know? I actually had that. Yeah. I, I witnessed that. Yeah. First hand.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes, I mean, I've had patients
2: negotiate with
0: their doctors. You know, yeah. like, you know, like, what do I need to do? So, you know, sometimes, you know, I like to say, if the it's the passenger, the passageway, and the process, mm. and if the three pieces just aren't fitting, then you know, the other aspect is you're gonna have a C-section, and that's okay. Healthy baby, healthy mom. You're holding the baby at the end of it all. We're all good. We've done our job. Okay. That's nice. It's
1: nice. <laughs> nice. <night. laughs> um, uh, another misconception is you're eating for two, uh, because you're not. Uh, it's important going going forward that, and and I don't mean that your doctors are watching every ounce that you put on. Um, this weight has to be lost and actually does put you at greater risk for complications in the laboring setting or with regard to diabetes during pregnancy or hypertension during pregnancy. And these are times when uh, things do need to get more medicalized. So the goal hopefully would be uh, try to follow uh, certain nutritional standards. And, you know, that's hard. I'm trying to lose weight since Christmas, but it's about a little bit and often so that you don't get hungry, Um, you know, uh, and I often hear that grandparents coming into a room and, and people ask, well, how many people can I have, how many people can I have here, and we are family centered and our goal is to put the baby next to mom immediately, to delay cord clamping, all of these wonderful things that can improve that time for mom and baby in those first few minutes following delivery, etc. But sometimes people wanting a lot of people in rooms, they those other people start to ask all the questions and they start to hold court when really and truly it's the the new family, they're the centre. This is their day. And uh, I think it's important that the other people are definitely so excited, uh, but that they know that they come on after the, 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 core, the core crew. I call them the core crew. And it is the most joyous day. Mm. And I feel very blessed to be able to be with people mm. um, during this journey and experience. Hence, I really found what I needed to do. I mean, I love my work. However, people need to know that in hospital situations, you know, we have a lot of people who come in and we're, we're working very hard to try and ensure that everybody gets that, that supreme care that's essential to kind of ensure as good an experience as possible in as safe a situation as possible. And uh, people in the business world or in hotels think that their time for arrival is this and that this is going to happen next and that this is going to happen next. Obstetrics is funny. It's a bit like golf, you know. You're only as good as the good shots. And suddenly um, it takes longer. You're not in active labor until you're six centimeters. Mm. And after that, it takes time. And that can take anything from 12 to 18 hours. Only on TV is a two minutes with a jelly-covered baby coming up onto your tummy within two minutes of the time you got to the hospital after breaking your waters in a deluge. So um, I think those are big misconceptions. Okay. okay.
2: And how do I find, well, not me personally. I know how to find you guys. But how do, uh, if someone were interested in learning more about your company, like our listeners, how do they find you? Oh, well. that's so
1: easy
0: (laughs) they can go feel free there's several ways you can call uh, 1-855-353-3454 which is our main number for questions or scheduling but our website is also fledglingfamilies.com which is f-l-e-d-g-l-i-n-g Families. That's one word. dot com. Fledgling families.
2: And you. are So that means we are allowed to Google you guys if Absolutely. we'd like, right? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Google is Absolutely. good for And you can actually see our pictures <laughs> and learn a little more about us. Although I think we've been pretty open here today. <laughs> exactly. You'll see all of us
0: yeah. and all of our class schedules and everything that you need to
2: know. That's awesome. Awesome. Great. Thank you, ladies. Well, thank you for having us. Thank
1: you. It's a pleasure
2: talking with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you found this episode to be valuable. If you did, or you had any suggestions or any comments related to this episode, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at notions, or you can also send me an email at hello at misguidednotions.com. I'll leave all of my links in the show notes along with all of the information and phone numbers about fledgling families so that if you know someone or you yourself may find some interest in getting more information from their organization you can definitely reach out to them and also i'd like to remind you to please subscribe rate review and tell a friend about the misguided notions podcast